I've tried a variety of different podcasting outlets. And the one thing that's always bothered me is the fact that I have to pay a monthly fee to do something that I love to do. And that's talk to the audience. But with Anchor, they make it simple and make it easy for you to do a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, and the most important thing right out of the shoot, it's free. F-R-E-E. Free. Wow. You can't beat free in this day of age. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So if you're sitting there and you have a thought, you're on the couch, you're in the bathroom, you're at work, just whip out your phone, download the Anchor app on your phone, hit the record button, you can be done, edit, and bam, you're set. It'll go to, if you have a Spotify account, Apple Podcast, and many, many more. And you know what the cool thing is? Another thing, cool thing, I know there's so many cool things here. You can make money from your podcast. It doesn't matter how many people listen, you can make money. For your one-stop shop, go to Anchor right now. Download the free, yes, once again, you keep hearing this word, everyone. Free, F-R-E-E, or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Well, it is Friday. It is September the 11th, 2020. I am Stephen Mielhausen, writer of DAZN and SportingNews.com. The man that writes, he looks familiar. He got, he got uglier in the last two weeks. It's the beard, isn't it? It's but the beard. What? He's still the sexiest Puerto Rican in all the land. It says a lot because I think JLo's finer than wine, and she only gets better with age. So the fact I'm, I'm complimenting your happy ass, you should be happy. I'm even saying that you should be honored right now, D.Y. Daryl Rivera. You should be happy. I you never should be wanna, excited. I don't want to be compared to JLo in anything, man. That woman wait, looks wait, like what? She, wait, wait, wait. That's, that's too big of an honor, man. That's a lot. Of, that's overwhelming for me. JLo's here. Maybe maybe up here, and I don't want to hit the ceiling fan. I'm like down here when it comes to that. I I don't want you to put that on me. <laughs> Why not? Can you can you not handle that pressure? No. <laughs> Compared to J Lo, are you kidding me? J- Jenny from the block? That's the last person I need coming after me. Now what about like you that? think you, you think don't you're want better coming at you? Huh? Alana, you don't want that ass coming at you? No. Shit. Dude, Jennifer Lopez coming at you. She hits you that with that. She hits you with that. You think you're better than me? You're about to get cut. Run. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Last thing you want to hear from J-Lo. You think you're better than me? And then she cut you. That's it. It's over. God damn right. Look at that ass. I'm, I'm legit disappointed in you right now. Hey, all I'm saying is A-Rod's a lucky guy. I just don't want to get cut by Jennifer Lopez. You know, I was going to sit here and start with, man, we had a great Bailey promo. A, <laughs> a Roman Reigns I never thought I'd actually like. Otis once again being somewhat funny. 
the disgrace of Showtime boxing to want to charge an absurd amount of money for uh, two headliners, <laughs> six fights. It's an ring, absurd. Ring. It's an absurd joke. The boxing. Your phone should be ringing any second. Or <laughs> the karate hottie returning tomorrow night, and the UFC headliner. I thought we were going to start with all that good shenanigans. I thought you'd be happy that I would honor you and bless you, comparing you to the Porter, to the greatness of Jennifer Lopez. And this is how you return by not just accepting the greatness. Instead, you want to be mediocre. There's no room for mediocre, Rivera. I'm not saying I don't want to be mediocre. This is greatness right here. All there. I'm saying, all I'm saying is I'm flattered, super damn flattered, right. because Jennifer Lopez is a Puerto Rican treasure. You're damn, there you go. So that that's what I've been saying. I think this is the beginning of a walkway to fight club podcast, kind of like similar to the others, where we start with a, some kind of misunderstanding. There's a big <laughs> misunderstanding here because <laughs> Jenny Lopez, dude, Jenny dude. from the black. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I don't want to piss her off by having a miscon like uh, something that's saying I'm better than her because clearly I'm not. <laughs> She's a national treasure, not only in Puerto Rico but in the entire U.S. After that Super Bowl performance, Jay from the block, bless her. Heart. Her ass is a national treasure, my friend. Her ass is a worldwide treasure. It is a phenomenon, unlike any other. Is it hot in your house? <laughs> yeah, I got the ceiling fan going, man. I live in a third floor. All that heat comes up. The heat is up. Because I bet your girlfriend's watching right now. No, she, yeah. watching, she's looking at you like, because you know you want to say it. You know you want to say she's fine as hell. She'll agree with me. <laughs> National treasure? Well, we already know she's Puerto Rican's finest treasure. You're damn right she is. I'd say it was my wife, my wife all the time. If J-Lo came. Oh, dude, she'll agree with me, too. She'll say it, too. She's camera shy, so she won't come on here. But. <laughs> oh, I won't let my wife on the camera. No, no, no. This is this is us, man. It's our time. It's like my I, time. Like I tell because <laughs> quite often, we, uh, like my, my oldest, He'll go to me and he's like, Dad, we're going to do four. He calls it a box fort. And it's like a fort with boxes and you playing it and everything. He's like, Mommy's never allowed. My wife's the only woman in this house. It's dominated by three males, human beings, and two male dogs. I'm like, but buddy, once in a while we have to let Mommy play. He's like, no, this is a boy's house. So always remember that, Rivera. (laughs) <laughs> always, always remember that you are allowed to say it. And I tell my wife, "Hey, when J Lo, when I shoot at Super Bowl, he's shaking that booty. Whoo wee! <laughs> there are a lot of things that got excited in the Mealhausen house that even on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, dude! But as want, a rock, no Super Bowl Sunday, no man or woman didn't get their eyes off the TV. No way in hell." There was no human alive could just not watch that. It was captivating. We were watching <laughs> it in my buddy's and my buddy's basement. Literally, like me, my buddy, and uh, Kayla were literally just standing, just because Shakira too. 
Colombian national treasure. <laughs> it's all you can say is a national treasure. You keep saying that. Now, as more we'll flattering. Well, end with this before we actually begin this podcast. If Kayla and J Lo are standing there, they're in your house, and they're making you food. They're each you making. You, you, you they're, no, no, hold on. they're each making. They're making separate food for you. And you eat all the food. And you're sipping on the champagne and the wine and the drinks. And it's time to go. <laughs> Chinatown. It's, it's going to be my last podcast ever, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you Isn't very much. Halo. <laughs> Who's going to the room of Rivera? I got to say, Kayla, man. You're putting me in a tough spot. Wow. I got to say, Kayla. And so. You're giving me dirty looks, babe. I picked you over J-Lo. Just want to let you know. <laughs> I'm not trying to get you, Joe. We're just having a little fun. I, we haven't seen Daryl in a while. It's good to have him back. Unbelievable. That's a good way to start. We're eight minutes in and we've talked very little combat sports. We've been killing it with the man. Glad to have you back. Find us on Twitter at Walkway Fight. We're on Instagram, Walkway to Fight Club. But We're on live on YouTube and live on Facebook Live. You're watching via YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button. It's not hard, guys. Subscribers have been going up. So join the train. Join the Walkway to Fight Club party. Just hit that subscribe button. Like the video. Facebook fans, guys are awesome. Just got to step it up. Give a reaction to the video. And also, very key here, like the Walkway to Fight Club Facebook page. And then give it the big old follow as well. So before we get into anything What's that? What is that? Just promoting. Just look for the picture here. Oh, my God. This is 39 and extremely tired. And I was off today. Think about that. I did about next to nothing today. Well, there was a lot going on on Twitter. What did I do today? Well, I mean, yeah. Um, (laughs) What did I do today? I went to to Target. I fertilized my grass. I didn't do much today. Got to see my kids. That was awesome. We had an awesome day. I really hadn't seen them in like a week, really, of having fun. But what's up with you, man? How are Not you? Much. Doing what's new? Good. Not much. Same old, same old working, playing, and, you know, trying to get into the podcast more often. Trying to get yeah. some time. We got to have me, like you said, we got to have me and you time. We don't get a lot of that. No. And here we are, Friday night, sitting in front of you, finishing watching SmackDown. Now, talking smack about the world of combat sports, which we do best. Well, we do got a lot to talk about. We are going to recap SmackDown, which featured Bailey's promo since, first promo since attacking Sasha Banks last week. Roman Reigns and Jey Uso program does continue. Otis continuing. Outsmart the Miz. I got to give credit. I love me some Otis. And Showtime with an absurd pay-per-view price for their pay-per-view coming up on September the 26th. Bellator is going on right now, and I couldn't tell you one thing that's going on, so that shows you how much we care about Bellator. Um, I shouldn't say that. Previewing 
UFC Fight Night main event tomorrow night for, featuring the return of the karate hottie Michelle Waterson against Angela Hill. And AEW does something they haven't done since October of 2019. But before we even we, – I know we've been having some fun here and having laughs and cracking jokes and all that, but as the world knows, today's a rough day, and it's not just for me and you, Daryl. It's not for everyone watching, and then we'll be watching the replay or listening to the podcast. But um, 9-11, September 11, 2001, two planes went into the World Trade Center, hit the Pentagon, and crashed – in a field in Pennsylvania. Um, over 3,000 people died. And like, I got, man, like, I hate talking about this stuff, but I, you know, I really felt it was necessary today. And, you know, I will always be grateful to all the firemen, the police, the nurses, the doctors, police officers, the American people for everything they did to help save innocent lives, lives that didn't deserve to be taken. I will always remember September 11th. I remember I was sitting at in my living room. I was eating some Cheerios. And I was on a break um, I didn't have school that day. I'm trying to remember. I was at my last semester at community college, and I didn't have class until later on in the day. And I was a person I was with at the time. We were watching. We were watching. Just watching. I always watch Good Morning America. I used to. I would. We would just sit and watch what's going on in the world. Blah blah blah. And you see the first plane hit, and I'm like, wait, what? I thought I was like seeing things. Like it really just happened, and then like moments later, it happened again. And it's like, you know, it was an unbelievable time. Our country, I felt, came together, made me proud to be an American, and I am proud to be American, always have, and always will be. You know, and then I always remember. George Bush, President Bush, throwing out the first pitch at the 2001 World Series between the Mets and the Yankees. I could, I you know, and I know we try not to talk politics on here, Republicans, Democrats, whatever, independents, whatever. It is what it is. But, God, they announcing his name, Going through the dugout and the unbelievable ovation President Bush got stepping on the mound and throws it right down the middle. That could have only gone one way, Daryl. Down the pike, straight down the pike. And that made me more proud because the crowd's on their feet. All the players are clapping, the managers are clapping, the announcers are clapping. Everyone's chanting USA, waving the American flag. That made me proud, man. Oh. And, you know, 
and things are different. You know, we got, you know, you got all the, the TSA checks through the airport and everything. And you know what? If I have to do that to board an airplane, who cares? I say, no, I'm getting protected. I love the country. I love the United States of America. Always will be proud to be an American and that they will always hold a special place in all of our hearts. Good, bad, or indifferent. And I feel horrible for the ones that lost a loved one. You know, but I felt like sports really played a big factor. You had the World Series with President Bush. WWE was the first show that came back. You had the boxing show. You had the great, the undisputed middleweight title fight at Madison Square Garden with Felix Trinidad and Bernard Hopkins. You know, you had a lot of sports played a big role. Combat sports played a big role. And for any schmuck out there that wants to compare this, because I see this a lot today from politicians. I don't want to get on this big diatribe about politics, and like I said earlier, but I felt it was pretty bad that we were comparing. You had these politicians on my te- on our television sets and on our phones and iPads and everything else in between that wanted to compare COVID-19 to that. Not even close, people. Not even close. You got a planes hitting buildings, a plane hitting the Pentagon, a plane crashing into an airfield into a field in pencil in rural Pennsylvania. G T F O H. Get the fuck out of here. If anyone is harmed by that, I don't give a fuck. You're comparing two totally different things here. And I'm not trying to downplay COVID-19. I'm not. I know someone very close to me that has it. And it sucks. But this is the United States of America the last time I checked. And we retook our turf. And the turf is ours. So let's not compare COVID-19 to 9-11. Now, you had to be young during 9-11. Am I correct on that? How old were I, you? I was, I was five years old. Do you remember? Hmm. Do you remember anything? No. No. Really? When, nine, when 9-11 happened in Puerto Rico, I, I, was still, I was in school, and we didn't know much. Just because in my household, we didn't really watch a lot of TV. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do remember, you know, my grandma was sobbing. My, you know, a lot of people when I came back home, like later in the night, I, I couldn't understand what was happening. All I saw, you know, I just saw the aftermath of what, you know, what transpired and everything. And I didn't really learn about it until like I was seven, eight years old. And it's stuff that you see, like, you know, remembering the people that fell that day, the, the people that passed away, unfortunately, that lives that were taken too early quite frankly, lives of heroes. Cause that's all my Twitter feed today was flooded with memories. And that's what nine 11 should be, should be, Hey, let's remember those heroes that put their lives at risk to get in there and try to save as many lives as possible. Some of those people that saved lives didn't make it out because they were trying to save more. And 
when you grow up knowing that that's some you get appreciation from that you you see a day like today and it's just like hey today let's take time forget about whatever's going on in the world controversy conflict let's just remember there's family members out there i was fortunate enough that i didn't know anybody that was involved in that situation but 3,000 other families are not as fortunate as I was. And that's something that we have to come together. You know, as a country, you mentioned it before, the US, United States of America, got to come together and help them remember, help them basic, help them just remember and be proud of the, those heroes that sacrifice their lives to save a lot of people that from making that number even higher than it was. And that's the biggest thing. You say you mentioned the your George Bush throwing the the first pitch, and I know you're not a Cubs fan. The Sammy Sosa sprinting out to right field. I saw. I watched that video today. That I forgot all about that. That was pretty awesome. Stuff like that just know. it it brings it brings people together, and it's stuff like that that people just need to remember today. Put stuff aside. Put politics aside. Put whatever conflicts you have. Just take a day. Look at look today. None of those people knew that that stuff was going to happen that day. Look at your family. Tell them you love them. Just today, especially out of all days, remember the people that were in that tragedy that day. Remember how fortunate you are that your family's still here with you. Tell them you love them. Take it, you know, appreciate what you got. Just remember, stuff like that can happen. There were heroes that day that aren't unfortunately with us anymore. Send a prayer out to those families. And that's what that's what today is all about. Remembering heroes and just don't never forget. That's the main thing. Never forget. I was talking to people today in MMA, boxing and wrestling. We were talking about this just in particular. And people were asking me what you're going to talk about. And I'm like, yeah, it's not because I I don't feel obligated to do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm not obligated to do little and nothing just to provide the best podcast humanly possible. But, you know, it's a day you're never going to forget. You know, and, you know, when we both said it already and you just, you know, you do never forget. You'll never, ever, ever forget 9-11. You'll never forget the morning of September 11th, 2001. The world changed, the country changed forever. I know that's hard for people to understand. Some people it is hard to understand. Like I had my four-year-old, I had to have that, con- my, me and my wife had to have that conversation with our four-year-old yesterday. Think about that. We're watching the news and he just asked. And I looked at my wife and I'm like, I'm like, so she talked, I talked, just explained. I'm like, we choose just to remember there was like some bad people did some bad things, but there was a lot of great people, a lot of great firemen and police officers and nurses like mommy and doctors and, and people like us helped save a lot of people's lives. And like, I had tried not to cry, but like, I can't, my, like my four-year-old kid's smart as a, smart as a whistle already. He's only four, and I'm like, but I was proud of him because like he understood even at four, he started to understand 
the gravity of the situation. And I was proud of him. I gave him like a big hug. And it's, you know, and then he said something again today and we said, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, that's what you were saying yesterday that, you know, the firemen and the police, the policemen saved a lot of people. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. I'm like, that's all it was. Some bad people. He's like, yeah, you said bad people did some bad stuff. I'm like, yeah, that's all it was. And those videos are hard, man. I put a picture on my Facebook and I usually don't get into that Facebook gooey gooey little sticker thing. But thought today it felt right to have that 9-11 with the American flag and to never forget. But we'll never forget. Um, but I do wish, and I know this is a horrible segue and I didn't even know how to go about it, but what, what a pretty weird smackdown. Um Leave questions and comments, and we got a couple comments here. We'll read those before we go over SmackDown here. Richard McPhee becoming a walkway to Fight Club. He's becoming one of our. It's like I, I consider Richard now a groupie. I don't like. I don't know how. To, I don't know how to phrase it, but I, Richard, <laughs> Richard is a loyal, loyal follower, loyal listener, loyal liker. Richard, it's a greatly appreciated. Great words to say, Steve. Kudos. Preach on Richard again. Preach on brother. You're passionate. Man, the other night we had like 30 comments. Richard, Nick Swink, we had a couple other guys going at it. It was a fun, it was a fun podcast earlier this. I think it was on Tuesday. But um somehow we're gonna transition in uh in the smackdown here. And me and you were texting a little bit during the show, and you thought it was kind of uneven as well. What was your final thought, your final thoughts on SmackDown? Because we talked what about halfway through the show. I think it was we talked at the top of the eight o'clock hour. Yeah, we talked just before before the Bailey promo. Um, what up did, to what then, did you think? It was uneven. Yeah. Wait, what was what was that one more time? No, I was gonna say at that point we were both in agreement that it was uneven. Did your mind yeah. change at all as the show went on and it came to a conclusion? I mean, is it was it better than Raw by a long shot? Um, it was a SmackDown that it, it did what it had to do. It got it moved storylines along, considering this pay-per-view in two weeks. It wasn't anything that was overly entertaining, but it developed characters. It developed rivalries the way it needed to be done. Some points were like, eh. Some points were entertaining. I give it a C. If I had to give it a grade, I'd give it a C. Yeah. C minus. I would have to go around that same plane. I didn't think it was overly. Didn't, didn't think it was overly great. It wasn't overly bad. It was, like you said, it was just an average show. Like. I thought you had a good, a good open, the good open with Roman Reigns' promo. You had that whole little thing with that led to the main event. I liked the Bailey promo. I thought some things were funny. Like I was a fan of the Otis, and I like the whole Otis thing. He keeps outsmarting the Miz and Morrison. I find I got a chuckle out of that. I thought the main event was I, the angle they're playing for the main event. I think is well done. I still don't buy Jey Uso as a challenger, but we'll get into that in a little bit. I thought it was a pretty. It's a pretty uneven show. I got to agree. I think I would give it. I'll give it a C. We'll go right in, into the show very quickly. We're, let's go go over a couple things, and we'll really hit the big spots. 
the show yeah. did begin with our universal champion, Roman Reigns, and the special counsel to the tribal chief. If there's anyone cooler than Paul Heyman, the special counsel to the tribal chief. <laughs> God bless you, Paul. I love you. Just talk about how Uso went, got through a king, a brogue, and a riddle to become the number one contender. Introduced Jay Uso. He thanked Heyman. Heyman's like, don't thank me at all. Thank your cousin for getting you the match last week. Heyman said it was Reigns' idea. Just the dejection on Jay Uso's face looked was pretty funny. Um, Reigns said Uso earned the opportunity. It's his moment. Seamus and Corbin came out and said they needed more time to prepare. It wasn't fair. Uso got put in the match. Uso's like, hey, he's like, it sounds like you want to fight. He kicked back, body dropped uh, Seamus over the top, took care of Corbin. All while Roman Reigns just sat and watched. Um, I didn't like the fact Jay Uso walked to the ring like he just got a big bag of Smarties from Target. <laughs> oh, two, he, they got two big bags of Smarties from Jewel for seven ninety nine each, as I did today. Good deal. Freaking awesome. And um, I didn't like that at all. You're challenging for the world title. You need to be more serious. What is your problem? Back and forth was good. Uso did okay on the mic. I'm loving Roman Reigns on the mic. I'm really loving this right now. I think it's great. What he's doing is top-notch stuff right now. I like the fact that he backed off. Let Jay take care of He's like, I ain't touching, I ain't touching these guys. They're beneath me. I just thought that was just that little sn- smarkiness, snarkiness was well done. And it's stuff like that. And I'm loving the pairing just because everybody, and I mentioned this before when he officially turned heel, uh, I'm talking about Reigns. His biggest thing was his mic skills were a question. Now you add Heyman. Reigns was never bad on the mic. He was bad with a scripted promo. But if you had him just, hey, just say what you're thinking and go with it. It was actually pretty good. Like there was a shield promo that I remember that Ambrose and Rollins did all the talking and somebody like patted him and all rain said is you poke me again and I'm going to break your finger right off stuff like that. That's all you need from Reigns because that's what he is. He's a powerhouse badass. Don't give him a script. That's what you got Heyman for. Now we're cooking. Now I'm excited to see what he's bringing. Jey Uso. I like it more than I think you do. Just because I think if there's anything that can carry Reigns deeper and deeper into the heel side of things, it's Jey Uso. Because they always link them together. Anytime they're near each other, they're like, oh, the bloodline, oh, they're cousins, oh, this and that. If there's anybody that can make Reigns into the top, just one of the biggest heels in history, and I'm not saying NWO Hulk Hogan because that's that's unmatched. But like you can make him higher and higher heel. Because right now he's a cool heel. He's like, oh, yeah, he's a badass. We like him. We want to see more of him. But if you want to have somebody just say, F you, it's him betraying family and just beating the living bleep out of Jey Uso on, on Natty Champions. 
or clash of champions, whatever they're calling it nowadays. That's what clash. you need. Clash of champions. That's what you need to work on. You work on getting Jay, like Jay, making him look as a legit contender. Sure. Make him look like it. But as soon as clash of champion, as soon as that bell rings, I don't want Reigns to break a sweat. Sweep him under the rug. Done. No more Jey Uso. That's how you build him to be that top-notch heel character. You want him to be more of a badass like the shirt says. Wreck everything and leave. Jey Uso, you can't go from tag team to singles right up to the Universal Champion right away. It doesn't. There's not a lot of build there. They're doing this for a reason, in my opinion. Reigns should go over in a convincing fashion. Very, very little offensive by Jey Uso. That's all I got to say. Plus, and I texted you this, I was very confused as to why you get two heels coming out and Jay and Roman challenging them to attack. That's a little confusing. Once you got to the main event, it was like, all right, I got it. We'll talk more about, we'll talk more about this program in a few moments. But all right. Interesting points. I, I like it. Sit, they go right to Sami Zayn. They're, they had they showed the graphic like graphics was going to be on the show and then Sami Zayn's wasn't happy with the title match graphic. I love this with Sami Zayn says he's the rightful intercontinental champion. I was wanting him to take over the control truck. That would have been pretty awesome. And yeah. you got then you go commercial AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy for the IC title. I did love Jeff Hardy's face paint that it, the American flag dedicating the 911. I thought that was really awesome. Kudos to the great Jeff Hardy. Zayn came out. Says he won the title fair and square at WrestleMania. Now that he's back, he is the rightful champion. And the pretty match about to happen is only an exhibition. That's some valid points, actually. Man, Sammy. Who knew Canadians can be that smart? Hot damn. Who knew a heel can have valid points? I love Canada. <laughs> I'm kidding. For some reason, I am big in Canada. Don't know why. But I'm not a big fan of the country. Uh, security came out, told Zane to leave. Styles attacks Hardy from behind. Now, I didn't like this here. They have a little back and forth. Hardy hits the Hardy goes for the Swanton, misses, and they go to break. Is that the first time they did that? It's not the only time they did this tonight. It's like, what are you doing? The match is starting to get good, and you go to break. And the match was only about a minute long at that point. Just frustrating things with WWE. It's Come back, little, Hardy's right. No, go ahead. It's little things like that that just ruin the show because you're you're cooking. You're starting to get steam on the match. You start, here we go, Miss Swanton. Here comes the, the offense. They're, you're getting flow from two guys like Styles and Hardy who can work a match very well. Now let's go to commercial break. Let's see a $5 foot long sub that's going to end up being $12.99 by the time I'm out of the restaurant anyways. And then we come back and it's like, like I, I lost any momentum or any interest in the match because I just at like now I'm gonna go get a snack or something in the kitchen. I'm gonna come back and it's like oh I forgot this is happening or it's happening. But what happened in the break? Like you can't have a break in the middle of a match. It just kills the whole thing. It's like give me the match. I don't care about the dams. I haven't had subway. God. It did not even get me. Usually, I can get hungry anytime I see a Subway commercial. I didn't get hungry. I did not feel the mood for a sub. Because I, I was very mad. I was very mad at what WWE did. 
It's like, how dare you, WWE? How dare you, Fox? Not like the people there. Um, Hardy, they came back. Hardy tried to double leg drop. Beautiful. I like that little move because Styles like went and like flipped him. So I thought that was kind of a nice little move. AJ appeared to be on his way to, to regaining the belt. Went to go for the, the phenomenal farm. Zayn came from out of nowhere, knocked him off the apron, kicked his ass, went in the ring, gave the halua kick to Hardy, and that that was that. And Jeff Hardy, they went showed what happened. They showed the replays. Jeff Hardy was walking up. He collapsed. Uh, this was funny. This goes into what my thoughts about this main event program. They go to the back. Uso's all pumped. He's jacked. Roman's just sitting there looking like he can. He needs a latte. Just doesn't care. He has, could have cared less. I was eating this up. I was digging what the big dog was doing. I was like, man, I love you. Please kick the shit out of Jay. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I don't know who the new backstage interview was. She was actually pretty good. I think like I think her name was Aaliyah some. She's pretty good. I think it's like her third week. She's doing pretty so far. She doesn't sound she doesn't sound monotone and she doesn't sound scripted. That means they're going to screw it up sooner rather than later. Yep. Um Said Hardy never lost consciousness and was told she's he was he appeared to have dehydration. Here came AJ Styles, said he's tired of Zane, says he can beat him and Jeff Hardy. Now, I want to circle back for a minute. I felt like they were playing off what happened with Matt Hardy because this made no sense whatsoever. Nope. To me, it felt like they were playing off Matt Hardy in the concussion situation, and uh, the, the concussion situation, and everything that happened at all out. Did you get that same vibe? Because it wouldn't be the first time they've done something like this to, to get Jeff. back and, and and end up taking it out on Jeff. I mean, yeah, it does. It didn't make sense. Just dehydration or something like it doesn't make sense. What they've been doing with Jeff Hardy, like. You throw him in a bad, bad program with King Corbin, and then no, or uh, Sheamus got my uh, my heels wrong. But Sheamus, no, the King Corbin, the King Corbin thing was bad too. He returned and beat him in like ninety yeah. seconds. So, so essentially, since Hardy has come back, you throw him in two bad programs. You throw him in the Intercontinental Tournament, which was, in my opinion, pretty good. You give him the title, which I also thought was, you know what? Great. And now you regress and do this crap again. Oh, he was dehydrated. You're making him look like he's the most unhealthy guy in the world. And everybody knows his history with everything. Especially coming after his brother literally took one of the worst bumps I've ever seen. Because that was pretty bad. And now you come back and you do this and you play off of that. That's... I didn't like pretty that. low, pretty yeah. low rent, but that shouldn't be. That's Vince McMahon at his best. Um, Lucha Hearth Party members, Kalisto, welcome back to Kalisto coming back from shoulder surgery. Him and Grand Metal League taking on SmackDown Tag Champions Cesaro and Nakamura. Not Cesaro and Nakamura did a little thing in the back with the Street Profits as they will be having a, a champions versus champions match this coming Monday night on Raw. Like the little setup there, they had like some champagne and some girls, and 
you, you see Drew Gulak and poor Matt Riddle. What the hell? You can tell Matt Riddle wanted nothing to do with that. He kept trying to get out of that camera shot at every way she would form. And in all honesty, I can't blame him. Matt Riddle did not freaking belong there. Um, They came back. From, right, there was really – they went back to Jeff Hardy. He was in a trainer's room. Then he got attacked by uh, him and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn came in. They went at it. Tag match went underway. There wasn't really – there wasn't much to it, really. Pretty short. Street Profits came up on the on the, on the big screen. Nakamura was already outside. He's looking at Cesaro was in the ring wondering what the hell's going on. Why are they in the room? Got rolled up by Kalisto for the one, two, three. Then they're partying. Yay! And Matt Riddle, you see, Matt Riddle was in a little bit of a better mood. Maybe someone told him, Daryl, hey, stop trying to get out of the shot. How about you at least kind of try to play along here? Even though you don't belong here, eh, maybe you should stay. Be in the shot. I hated this. I hated everything about this. Yep. I, I, I really like the Street Profits, and I really like Cesaro and Nakamura. But it's- this was awful. It's Vince Terrible. McMahon's treatment of the tag division in a heartbeat. It he, it's a joke. I hate it every single one of them. I don't know why you're having the tag champs lose, because you know how I feel when a when a champion loses on a non-title match. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like the entire thing, I'm like, what what's the point of this? So now is Lucha House Party going to have a tag match? Now are they? What's the point? If the champion loses, he loses the title. Stop having non-title matches. They suck. Really pisses me off. The biggest thing here is you're building up to this champion versus champion match. You cause a distraction, and it is what it is. You didn't need the distraction. You didn't need to build that into the match on Monday. Just having, hey, champion versus champion match on Monday, that's enough build for it as it is. Then you have the distraction, you have the party, you have Matt Riddle looking awkward at first, and then looking like he's the happiest guy alive. Somebody told him he won the lottery, like in the next shot. It's it's inconsistent, it's unnecessary, and it's just overproduced WWE crap. And it's just getting overproduced. Oh my god, that was God, it was brutal, man. I like it's like crap like that is like, it's like, come on. Why? Why are we doing this? All right, let's get let's get to one of the best parts of the entire show. Bailey came out with the chair. This was great emphasis on like the dents and everything from last week. I thought that was well done. Um it's a great visual. I thought that was re- a very good attention to detail. Something they lack, but something they did here that was really well done. Sitting in a chair in the ring, she points to the Tron to go back to everything that happened last week. I had one problem with this. Actually, no, I'll get to it. And we'll do that in a minute. Um, they come back from the package. says, everyone's asking how Sasha is doing, but not how Bailey is doing. But she's like, you know what? Who cares? I love every second of what I did to Sasha. 
And I know she knew she was watching. Hey, Sasha, what do you think? I'm some type of idiot. Sasha was waiting for the right time to strike. She kept me close. She needed me every. She needed me every step of the way to win the Raw Women's Women's Title and the Women's Tag Titles. But you you used me, but I used you. I used you to become Becky Spelts and a Grand Slam champion. And after the tag match last week, I don't need you anymore. We'll keep going because the segment kept going. It's out of the ring. Walking, Nikki's, Nikki Cross's music hit. Nikki Cross comes out, her music hit. They're staring at each other. They appear to walk away. Nikki's walking to the ring, and bam! The SmackDown Women's Champion attacks her with the chair, beats her down, they go to a commercial. This segment was fantastic. This was my favorite thing on the show. And it wasn't even. God. Who, man, she is really. If you're looking for. There's to me three MVPs in WWE as we're eight and a half months into 2020 in WWE. I don't want to say, I should say, I should have specified that. Drew McIntyre, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Those three have really, to me, carried this brand. They won't get the credit they deserve. I don't think. It seems like they're finally at least on Bailey's end. Whoa, hate when I do that. Get too excited. Sometimes you hit the hit the mic. Get too excited and just pimp slap the mic. Just I pimp smacked it. That's right. Let's see. Adios, adios, my... microphone. I think I broke my mic stand. I got that excited. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I broke it here. <laughs> Whoa. We, we, I need, know uh, we need one of those pause, have... pause graphics with like a dog with a technical difficulty sign. Yeah, I really think I broke it here. I don't know what I did, but I'm going to have to hold this bad boy. Um, You're hosting a TV show. I don't even know why. I broke my mind. Um, but no, she was awesome, and she's she's really coming to her home into her own since she became a heel last fall, and it's a testament to her. And I remember when I talked to her right after WrestleMania, and she was like, "Man, this was it was at first it was so hard for me to get it out of me." You know, and then she, like she said, she's like, you know, I had a great chat with Daniel. She's like, Daniel Bryan was a really big help. She went to Roman Reigns. She had Roman Reigns watch her promos. Even just during when she would cut promos during house shows. Because that's when a lot of the, the talent practices stuff to see if it works to bring the live, to bring the TV. And he was a tremendous help to her, too. So it's like it clicked in her head. And now she's there. She's taking the proverbial ball, Daryl, and ran with it. I was, 
Bailey's on a hell of a run right now. I think she's doing great, and she's absolutely killing it. I remember when I first saw Bailey's heel, like heel turn. I'm like, I'm not entirely sure how this is gonna go, just because she's always been a babyface. And when you have somebody that's been that big of a babyface go heel, that's one of two things. It has the shock factor, but it also has the okay, what do you got for me next? When it comes to what do you got for me next, she hit that ball out of the ballpark. Ran, picked it up, and brought it back, and then hit it again. Because everything she's doing is great. Something negative about this, and I think we're going to get to this in just a bit, so I'll get to it when we get to it. Um, so the promo itself was fantastic. Bailey and Sasha Banks, you mentioned it before, they were the MVPs of WWE in 2020 with Drew McIntyre. I hope I don't see Sasha Banks until Survivor Series because this match, Bailey versus Sasha, should not be in a blow-off pay-per-view like Clash of Champions or whatever's next. Survivor Series is when you want to see this. Not even Survivor Series, maybe even Mania. One of the big four. As you try to figure out your mic, Microphone issues. <laughs> Man, you really busted that thing bad. <laughs> but you see Bailey's promo. You see, like, Sasha Banks after that should not be on TV for the next two months, in my opinion. And then have Bailey attack. Now, the biggest thing that I hate is Nikki Cross again. Back to Nikki Cross and Bailey. Eh, seen it, done with it, been there, done that. Rather see something else. While Steve fixes that mic, though, I'm going to promote the show. I'm kind of, (laughs) I have to do it like this. Because I broke my mic stand. Dang. I don't know how. I don't know how I I broke it. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It's that Millhouse and Power right there. Uh, something power, but um, you can hear me. I'm good. Yeah, I can hear you. Um, I hate saying um. I'm totally this really threw me off here. I'm gonna have to go <laughs> buy a mic stand tomorrow. This is not good. Um, right now, best promo in the business, bar none. Best talent right now in WWE. I think what she's just doing is next level stuff right now. Hopefully, it does continue. In terms of Sasha coming back, I think you're right. I prefer to see until the Rumble. I'd prefer them to wait till then, have Sasha be a surprise entrant and win the Rumble. And then they go on that road to WrestleMania, but we'll see. We'll see what they do. But that's that was kind of my that was kind of my hope and that was kind of my my dream there. But we'll see what happens. Um they come back from commercial. The four-way began. They were all in the ring already. Um, uh, it was whole home until they got to the outside. Alexa, Tamina, and uh, Lacey Evans around the outside. Alexa starts going into this trance, and then Nikki does a. She walks away. Nikki does a flying cross body from the apron, and then Alexa came out of nowhere, dragged her by the hair, gave her a. Gave her a sister, gave this deep, cold stare at the Michael Cole and Corey Graves, did a sister Abigail to Alexa. And this is where, once again, 
It went to a damn break. Why? Why, Rivera? For the freaking love of me, why? Why are we going to another break, Daryl? I almost threw my remote at the TV when this happened. I'm, you got me excited. You brought, you've been teasing Alexa Bliss to be Sister Abigail for the last month or so, month and a half. She does a Sister Abigail, which, in my opinion, was one of the best things of tonight. It's a little thing like that. just goes a long way. And back to the food on the commercial break. We'll be right back. It left me from going like, wow, what just happened to, wow, are you effing kidding me? Another commercial. Are you serious? In the middle in the middle of a match. Didn't we just have a commercial break after Bailey just obliterated Nikki Cross with a chair? We just had one. Why do we have another one? It's just poor timing in the commercials. It's taking away from the match, taking away from the momentum, and it's just I don't know why they keep doing it. Horrible. Terrible. It's one of these things I don't get. I don't get why they do it. There's no reason for them to do it. You what? You could have went there, and you could have seen had her walk when she's walking up the ramp in that trance. You could have went with, could have went walked away with that. If you would have went to a break after that, that would have been a better thing to do. I think, but that's just me. What do I know? Now we're just two. We're just two schmucks talking about it. I guess. Yeah, apparently, or apparently, just a bunch of idiots who apparently know nothing about wrestling and just yeah. don't know common logic and common sense. But um, come back, they go back and forth. And Nikki, Nikki gets back in the match, hits her finisher, she wins the match. Nikki Cross and Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship at Clash of Champions. I kind of figured that'd be the way they go. They have no problem, especially considering what happened. So that, that was fine with me. The match was eh, whatever. It was what it was, but yeah. it got to the destination. You tell a little bit of a story, and at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong with that. They announced Drew McIntyre and Keith Lee for Raw. Why? Why are we seeing Drew Mac? Why are you you're wasting a pay-per-view main event? For a throw throwaway match on Raw. Why? Humor me. I'm in the mood. I mean, I can't because I, I just can't understand what is so hard to book. Keithley, Keithley shouldn't even be involved in the Randy Orton Drew McIntyre. You're throwing him right in the middle of it, and it doesn't make sense, and it's hurting his credibility and the character. Just because now it's like you're booking him on these pay-per-view worthy matches, but they're all they're all non-finish. They're all DQs. They're all countouts. You made him look strong, make him look great. That's fine, but there's no character development. There's no way that he's going. Is he challenging for the title? Is he? What's the deal here? And you know as much as anybody. I hate non-title matches. Why are we having another one? Because, damn it, Daryl, I want big man versus big man. And let's put Keith Lee in tights. 
in a tight shirt and have him do nothing and continue to drag him down. Fuck. That that one slipped out. That one slipped out. My bad. Just dropped an F bomb. My bad. It's more. Oh, well, okay. That's okay. But no, it's ridiculous. And um, the fact that we're going once again with Keith Lee and Drew Mack, and we're going with Keith Lee and Drew Mack. I'm going to be wrong. I like seeing Keith Lee in a big position, but I feel like he's the, th- he's the third wheel on a bad date. Yeah. And that's no one likes the third is. wheel in a bad date. I've never liked the third wheel. I always want the third wheel to leave. Remember when it was always we could get ready for booty time? I'd be like, man. And there's the handcuff just chilling. Hey, the White Sox won four to three. Boom, boom. Four to three, you said? Yep. And the Cubs lost one to nothing. Oh, glorious. The first place, Chicago White Sox. Bitches. I just I even my money bad. there, which is fine. You know, betting is bad for you, Rivera. I learned it from you. I don't know what you're talk, talking about. <laughs> Otis and Otis and Mor- John Morrison with the Miz on commentary. Miz got up from the table pretty quickly to interfere, but backed off when Tucker came over. Miz stole the Money in the Bank lunchbox. Otis dominated from there, hit the worm, dropped the elbow, hit the Vader bomb from the top for the pin. It was what it was. Um, Miz is all excited. Tucker is all worried. Otis is like, I got it. Don't worry. Don't worry, Tucker. It's all good, man. Miz is all excited. They get back from break and a chewed up apple. Tucker and Otis, they go to Tucker and Otis. He's having a hard time opening briefcase. He's got another lunchbox inside of the briefcase with the contract. Now, when is Otis cashing in this contract? That is my worry. I, There's no way he can't cash this in on like Reigns or the Fiend, right? Because that's the that's the SmackDown destination here is the Fiend and Roman Reigns. This I can't this, see. I can't imagine them going with. Otis, I can't, I can't, I can't picture it. This is one of the few that this is WWE at its finest. They put themselves into a corner. They made the made of the Money in the Bank winner, and trust me, nobody's funnier than Otis. I love Otis. He's a great character to have. But when you're Money in the Bank, Mister Money in the Bank, you need to look at all times like a threat. I haven't seen Otis as a threat since he won the stupid briefcase. Not once. And that that's a problem because now that Reigns is back, you got the Fiend as one of the hottest acts that you have in the company right now. You have you have this going on. How are you gonna book this? This is one I'm curious to see. How McMahon or Bruce Richard, whoever the hell's gonna book this. I want to see what they come up with. Because I got a feeling this is going to royally blow up in their face. Because I don't know. I don't. I can't see a feasible way that they can make this happen and make it work. Bruce ain't booking this shit. I'm sorry. 
Bruce knows as much as we do, I guess. <laughs> Bruce doesn't have a thought in his body. Can I get that coffee for you, Mr. McMahon? What do you need, Vin? Why don't you get the Vaseline? I'll pull down my pants, pucker, put the Vaseline on the lips and kiss my ass, Bruce. Ha, ha, ha. The newest member of the Kiss My Ass Club, Bruce Virginia. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, but it's the truth. I'm not, we're not talking about stuff people don't know. Firefly Funhouse says, Bray says he is a new member. And it's a dead parrot. The parrot was supposed to be alive. The Vince McMahon puppet makes its grand return. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I said it. It says Bray has dropped the ball and threatens to fire him. Bray says, let's come up with a plan together. And Vince the puppet is like, I'm naming the special advisor for the Firefly Funhouse. The wobbly walrus. <laughs> Good lord, man, that thing looked like someone by the name of Paul. The last name Heyman kind of walked and talked like Paul. Last name Heyman. This was really bad. <laughs> Bad on every level. This is. <laughs> I laughed. I can lie. Like I'm laughing now. I laughed. My youngest was drinking his milk, and he started laughing. He took the milk out of his, took, the, out of the sippy cup, and pointed and laughed when the McMahon puppet came out. But I, like I told him. Drink your milk. It's about to get worse. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you might as well go to bed now, son, because it's getting bad. He went to bed, right? And he fell asleep during the main event. But not because the main event was boring, because the main event was actually interesting, but just because yes. it was his bedtime. But um, this was bad. This had Alexa Bliss written all over it, and it was a vast, very big disappointment. This was pretty Wobbly walrus. What did Heyman just because Paul Heyman's a freaking genius and smarter than anyone on a freaking writing team and the owner of the company? But what do we know? We only like like you said, Daryl. We only talk about wrestling. What do we know? Yeah. Two what schmucks. <laughs> Two schmucks. That should be a t-shirt. Two schmucks talking wrestling. Two schmucks on the podcast. Hold on, I'm texting my stepmom. She makes t-shirts. I can get that done. Hey, let's get on it. Main event of the show, Roman Reigns, Jey Uso, against Sheamus and Corbin. King Corbin. I was told I got to call him King Corbin. I don't know why. There's something kingly about Baron Corbin. Uso comes up by himself. He gets attacked, walking, coming down the ramp. No Roman Reigns, by the way. Heels beating up Uso. They was giving him a beating. Out comes the big dog, Roman Reigns. Standing on the ramp, Uso makes the comeback. Super kicks. 
Looks to finish off Sheamus. Heads to the top. Reigns comes out, makes the tag. Uso hits the splash. Roll. Reigns can't make the pings. He's not the legal man. Reigns Reigns gets slowly into the ring. Stares at Uso a little bit. They stare at each other. A spear by Roman Reigns for the one, two, three. And your winners, the Cousins, the WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns, and the number one contender, Jay Frickin' Uso. Uso. We'll keep going. <sighs> Reigns rolls out. This was great. Pat's on the back like, good job, kid. Good job doing the heavy lifting. But you needed the big dog to finish the rest. Finish the job. Love how he did that. Had that head high like the co- like the cocky heel as he is should. So the top of the ramp. Heyman hand delivers him the belt, which is glorious. The special advisor for the for the tribal chief. Uso comes up, stares at the belt. Reigns puts his arms up. Uso touches his arm in the belt. Reigns shoves his hand down and says, don't touch my belt. And the show ends. This was great. This whole thing, the last like 13 minutes of the show. I'm glad we got no commercials. We got a good straight like 13 solid minutes. I thought a job well done by Roman Reigns. A job well and a job well done by Jey Uso. What are your thoughts, Daryl, on the main event? The way WWE has handled Roman Reigns and the ending there with uh, Mr. Uso touching the Universal title and the big dog cousin tells the little cousin, get your hand off my fucking title, bitch. <laughs> Exactly what I, Come on. Yeah. I should swear because I dropped an F-bomb and I've been trying not to do that. But you know what? Are we, are we good to go? <laughs> no. Uh, whatever you want, man. Call me. Fair enough. The biggest thing with this, I, I'm probably in the minority in this, but I like this. Just because of the reasons I mentioned before. I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen. Because Reigns has always been tied in with the Usos. That's always been his thing. Not the biggest fan of Uso getting a title shot out of nowhere. They could have built it a little different. But I don't hate it. Just because you can't throw him into the fire, Reigns versus the Fiend right away. You can't do the rematch again right away. That's something that you save for like a bigger pay-per-view. Clash of Champions, that's where you have these little storyline building matches. The end... You're building Roman Reigns as that, like, hey, this is the only thing I care about. Family can go, hmm, don't touch, don't, don't touch, don't touch the brass ring that Miro told me to shove up somewhere on Wednesday. Leave it alone. Don't touch it. This, the way they're building this, I'm a fan. I'm intrigued, and I want to see it, just because it's something different. It's, it's. The way they're building Roman Reigns is the perfect way to, to build Roman Reigns. And you can thank Paulie dangerously for that. Now, Jey Uso, again, some people like Richard on the comments, and we'll get to those, those comments in a bit. Uh, Richard, thanks for watching. 
like Richard said, he's not a fan of the storyline. It is what it is. Most people aren't. I am just because I see it as a storyline that's going to further develop the Reigns character into something that's going to go against the feet. That's the way I see it. And I like it. I'm digging it. The end? That's perfect. That's all you need to do. Everybody thought when Roman Reigns was at the top, everybody's like, oh, he's entitled. He's getting booked on these top matches just because he's like Vince's boy. He's embracing that. He's like, you know what? Everybody else is below me. I show up when I want. I do what I want. None of you guys are worth my time. And I'm loving it. I am loving it. Big fan. I'm sure you are too. Now, oh, I'm a big fan of the Reigns character. Like, and I said this when we talked the night he turned and joined with him and me when me and you came on and did a podcast. And I said six years ago, this is the guy. This is the guy that will get WWE to be get where they want to go. He checks every box. He's got the charisma. He's got that it factor about him. It took six years, but he's finally there. I think he's there. Now, let's hope they don't screw it up. Or he does it. I think he realized that he can't let them screw it up. He knows they got to keep him happy or he'll go bounce again. So I think they're going to cater to him on this one. And they are right now. We'll see how it goes. What they're doing with Paul is great. In all honesty, I wasn't sold on this program with Jey Uso. Really came out of nowhere. And you put him in this match. Won the match last week to get the number one contender spot and be in the headlining position at Clash Champions. I'm still not fond of the program because I know where how it's going to end up already. But I, I will admit... I like the I like where they're going, how they're getting to Reigns beating him and beating his ass at Clash of Champions. I like it. I'm not gonna lie, I actually like it. I know I shit on WWE, and more often than not, it's rightfully served. I know the result already, but I like the steps they're taking to make me want to get me to watch. It's well done. It's you got the coolest guy in the room. Telling his cousin, hey, because of me, you got this chance. This is your moment. But I'm still gonna kick your ass. Because I'm better, I'm I'm a better wrestler than you. I'm stronger than you. And I've been in these moments before. There's nothing that I can't that nothing sweats me. You can't rise to my level. I love that shit. I love the cocky heel because that's what draws the money. Give me the reason of wanting to buy, even if I already know what it's going to be. Like, look at Sting and Hogan. Everyone knew Sting was going to beat Hulk Hogan. But the story WWE told, not WWE, but WCW told to get me to the destination, to get me to Starcade 97 in Washington, D.C., they could they told a fantastic story. And I'm not comparing programs. I don't think that it's not even close to that level. But just to, to make a comparison, you know the result. 
but it's how do you get to the destination and get me invested into watching the match? After week two, you're getting me there. Let's see what they do these next couple of editions of SmackDown to get to get to the full destination. Let's let's bounce out of SmackDown. We'll get to all the questions and comments after the show. Let's get let's get to this shenanigans. <laughs> I need a beer after this one. Um, <laughs> boxing returns to pay per view. September the 26th at the Mohegan Sun in Unica, Vassal, Connecticut. The main events of the show. Now, this, I will admit, this is a broadcast by Showtime pay-per-view. The concept is really cool. They're doing three fights, and then they're doing a break. They're doing like a 30-minute intermission, and then they're going to come back with the last three fights. The, the headlining fight of the Six to, I think it's like six to like eight thirty, Central Time. Jamal Charlo facing, defending the WBC middleweight title against former two-time title challenger Sergey Derevyachenko. And then the main event of this of the show, they'll take the half-hour break, they have two more fights, and then they will get to the main event. The main event of the show. Jamel Charlo, easy, easy, easy to say. The WBC super middle super middleweight champion, God. the WBC super welterweight champion will be meeting unified champion WBA and IBF cha- champion Jacin Rosario. Now, this gets better. Jamal Charlo and Derevyanchenko are headlining the first show. Yes, I said that correctly. Or we'll close out the early portion of the of the pay-per-view show. Closing the entire show will be Jamal against Jason Rosario. The winner will have three-fourths of the super welterweight title. The WBC, the WBA, and the IBF. 154 pound champion. Now, Showtime announced this afternoon the pay per view price $74.99. Yes, you see that straight down there. That's not a typo. I thought I was going to run my head through the wall. I was having a great lunch too. I had White Castle for lunch today. Oof, Man, that's dangerous. That. Oh, that's dangerous. I must be the only person on the planet that does not go number two from White Castle. That's just man. I, I love have, me White Castle. I have one right down the street from me. It's dangerous. And mine's about five minutes away. If I hit every light, and I got the number one. I got the four burgers. I even went small size, small drink, small fry. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I didn't check my email in a few hours. I look, and I thought I was going to run around my head in the wall. Um, I thought it was a misprint. I'm not going to lie. But scrolled boxing Twitter, and it ended up being the truth. 
Now, I forwarded you this email because I forgot what email. I didn't know if I should send this to your Yahoo email. I forgot your Gmail. Yeah, your Gmail email. And, what, and you got back to me right away after I forwarded it to you. Tell the fans, Daryl, what you said to me when you found out. And I'll read it to everybody one more time. September the 26th at the Fight Sphere, the Mohegan Sun Hotel and Casino in Unicavassel, Connecticut. Showtime pay-per-view. Six fights. There'll be three fights, a half-hour intermission, and then there'll be the second half, the second portion or the second half or – or like I'll use NFL terms, the late games on Showtime pay-per-view, headlining the early portion, the 12 o'clock games. Jamal Charlo defending the WBC middleweight title against former two-time challenger Sergey Derevyanchenko. The headliner of the entire show, WBC super welterweight champion Jamal Charlo. We'll be facing off with IBF and WBA super welterweight champion Jason Rosario in a 154-pound title unification bout. The winner will have three-fourths of the 154-pound titles. Patrick Teixeira holds the WBO super welterweight title for a grand price of $74.99. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I I replied to you right away as soon as I saw it. I smacked myself in the face a couple times just to make sure I was looking at the right number. Uh, but I replied with, and I quote, love the lineup because I do. I like the lineup in the fights. I think they're intriguing fights. I think they're fights I want to watch. But there's no way in hell I'm paying $74.99 to watch the Charlotte Brothers. I like both of them. I like watching both of them. I don't like paying a, like three quarters of a hundred dollars. I don't like paying 75 bucks to watch this fight. I don't know what, what Showtime was thinking when they said they saw the six fights. You know what? We're going to add a twist because I love what they're doing. I love the concept. I'm a fan. I like the 30 minute intermission. That's fine. But 75 bucks in the middle of a pandemic to watch the Charlo brothers? I, I'll be very surprised. And you, you gave me a number and I was like, okay, maybe I was being generous about it. I'll be surprised if they hit 200K. I'll be very surprised. If they get that buy rate. And you know what? I didn't, I thought I was being low. And then you hit me with your number, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I was being generous. Because there's no way more than 150,000 people are going to pay for this. They're not a top marquee name at all. They're not a name that attracts people, especially because they don't do interviews, they don't do marketing. They just say, oh, hey, Charlo Brothers. Okay, cool. Who's hyping up this fight? What are you guys doing to get me involved? What's the hook? There's no hook. That Okay, cool. The Twins. 
and the wrong fight is on the is the one closing out the show. Char Jermal Charlo versus Derevchenko should be the one closing out the closing out the entire thing. The entire thing. Derevchenko's fight against Triple G is the main reason why I'm intrigued and with watching that fight because I want to see how he responds. I want to see if he can get the job done. But you have him closing out the first half. Well, it's going to make me want to stay for the second half. And I like Jason Rosario. Jason Rosario. I like him. It's not enough for me to stay past five fights and paying 75 bucks. That's just my two cents. Worth more than two cents. That's my 50 cents. Uh, <laughs> more than that, too. Um, you see me nodding my head a lot because I... This, I agree with everything you have to say. You're not wrong at all. Talk to plenty of people in the boxing media. People centered around the sport. Talk to industry experts, pay-per-view industry experts. That's where I got my 100,000 number from. They thought around 125, 150. They they said if they were lucky, they would do the number you said, 150. But you got to also look at the sports landscape at that time. You got the SECs coming back. Hey, wrestling. You're not wrong. Um, um, I'm trying to get that out of my mind. That was like one of some of the worst. That was like the worst two days of my life. Um, <laughs> two of the worst days of 2020. That was just a crap show. I was looking forward to covering WrestleMania, but not that version of what we saw. Um, my point is, get, you're trying to fire me up on a Friday night, 10:43 Central Standard Time. Let's get you going. Um, I'm in a somber. I'm in a. You're trying to get me in a bad mood today. I'm not trying to get you in a bad mood. I'm trying to get you fired up. I'm trying to get me to lose my train of thought here. But um, I keep saying um, and I hate saying um. But, um yeah, the SEC is coming back that day. College football is going to be revving up. It's the last weekend of MLB. So the playoff hunt's going to be in high gear. The NBA is going on. I think the NBA is going to be – either at the end of the conference finals or, or the beginning of the NBA finals. Stanley Cup's roaring. Then you got competition at night. The UFC's got UFC 253. with One of their biggest stars, Israel Adesanya against Paula Costa. Then you got for the vacant light heavyweight title, the first new champion not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier. Since, the, since March of 2011, when Dominic Reyes means Jan Blaschowitz, Israel Adesanya is one of the biggest stars in the UFC, starting to become one of the biggest stars in all, in all of combat sports. This is Showtime not and PBC not knowing and understanding the landscape here. You could have done this a week earlier. You could have done it for next Saturday, and you could not have had an issue. As big as Tyron Woodley and Colby Cummington is next week, and we're going to do a big preview on that because that's a big fight. It really is. And we're going to talk a lot about it. Yep. But 
I would have bought that pay-per-view even at $75 and not watched the UFC show. But this was a matter of not knowing your audience, not knowing your price point. And the UFC's got a better show top to bottom, and it's $10 cheaper. Now, I said that tweet. Oh, I sent it out. I didn't get a ton of reaction on the outside on Twitter. But I had a lot of people in boxing message me like, hey, that was pretty good. And had a boxing executive not happy. I'm not going to say who it was, but you can read between the teeth leaves. But, but that's being part of this. And this has got nothing to do with the zone. Not at all. This is being a boxing analyst, being a boxing expert. What I get paid to do for a living. And this is a bad, no disrespect to either Charlo brother or Derevianchenko or Rosario. You don't become a unified world champion in any way class by not, by sucking. You become a unified world champion by being very good. Rosario is very good. Charlo brothers are very good. Derevianchenko is very good. But you got four fighters. Maybe people know about the Revianchenko a little bit. But how do the Charlo brothers resonate to the casual fan? They don't how do they resonate? They don't they don't have like they're not like Javante Davis, where Javante Davis resonates with the who has a fantastic story. Has the hip hop audience. Javante Davis has got a very big following. The Charlo brothers don't have that following. They don't tell their story. They're not good interviews. I've interviewed them both. They're not that good. It's pretty difficult to interview them. That's their fault. This is PBC's fault. The show's in two weeks. The only thing they did is they each did a separate Zoom media call. They're doing a virtual media workout I got an email about it. I can tell you guys right now when it is because I got an email about it. Virtual workouts Monday and Tuesday of next week at their gym in Houston. Okay. Something different. I think that's kind of cool. They need to ramp up the media interviews. They need to be – I haven't offered nothing yet. I know ESPN, The Athletic. I think they've done a podcast – with the athletic, Jermel did one. He, no, Jamal did one. Jamal did one with the athletic, but that's really the only thing I've seen. And you can't. This is a hard buy. Like you said, you're asking fans to spend $75 on a pay per view during a pandemic. $75 for. For fighters, not many people know about. Gravianchenko's got a great story. A lot of people thought he, like you said, a lot of people thought he beat Gennady Golovkin in October on the zone from Madison Square Garden. That was one of the was one of the best fights of the year. It's definitely a contender for fight of the year. It's an f- unbelievable fight. But $75. Now, if they would have went, hey, we're gonna off pay, make you pay 50. 
Same as the AEW pay-per-view last week. Okay, I could go with that. We're good. Maybe even 55. Because you look at the price point right now. You said 200000 And the revenue made from pay-per-view before anyone gets a cut. Just a smidge under $15 million. You're paying two headliners. You're losing money right off the bat. Because these fighters are getting paid. So, I'm sorry. It's a money-draining, losing proposition here. Showtime got bamboozled by PBC in this situation. Those fights should have been on Showtime. Those fights either should have been on Showtime, CBS, or CBS. These are not pay-per-view quality fights. This is what I mean. Top rank for once got it right with Lomachenko and Lopez. Showtime and PBC got it wrong here. Um, let's go to the UFC returns tomorrow night. And yes, the karate hottie. Michelle Watterson returns against Angela Hill. The original main event was supposed to be a light heavyweight clash between top five ring fighters, Glover Teixeira and Tiago Santos. Santos returning after tearing every ligament in his knee in a title, a very narrow title loss to John Jones at UFC 239 last year. But Teixeira tested positive for COVID-19 and the bout had to get scrapped. And they bumped up the co-main event, which was Michelle Watterson and Angela Hill. Michelle Watterson has proven to be a legit attraction. She's drawn over a couple million. She did over like 3 million viewers for a fight with Paige Van Zandt a couple years ago on Fox. Angela Hill already fighting for the fourth time in 2020. Good on Angela Hill. Always one of my favorite fighters. Both fighters coming off losses, though. A split decision loss for Angela Hill to Claudia Gadela in May at UFC 249. That was a rough card, though. Like, I sit there and think about that. For all the fighters that had to go through that first fight back from the pandemic, like, that first fight card's like, man, I feel bad for any fighter here, especially, like, the losers, because it's like, you lost. You can just use, like, the pandemic as an excuse, because you. it's hard for these fighters to really train. So, it's like, I kind of, like, in a way, I felt pretty bad for, uh, For Angela Hill, always one of my favorite fighters. And Michelle Watterson, I'm trying to get her record here. I just had it up, and my computer decided to exit out here. So give me one second here. I have it up here. Um, it's uh, Watterson 17 and 8. Angela Hill is 12 and 8. And then the record beforehand, I had it here. Michelle Watterson, last loss against Carla Esparza. Nice yes, decision. On the same show, by the way, UFC 249. Um, I love the fight. Second time out of the last three fights, Michelle Watterson in the main event. Got wiped out by Ioana Jędrzejczyk in December, and then that tough loss to Carlos Esparza back. And I had – it was a very close fight. I had Esparza winning, but it was a very close fight. The fight could have went either way. And a very close loss for Angela Hill against Claudia Gadela back in May as well. No, so that, lost that. 
the Angela Hill fight was the following week in Las Vegas when it was Alistair Overeem and Walde. A good fight. It's going to be an all-action fight. If you're if you're a fan of groundwork, this fight really is not going to be for you. This fight's really going to be on the feet the entire time. It's going to be a fun one. It's the whole thing of where you look at Michelle Waterson. You know she's too small for 115. She's a 105-pound fighter being forced to fight at 115 because the UFC doesn't have an atom weight weight class. So then she's got to fight at 115. And you can tell she's out of her – a lot of the girls are bigger than her. More often than not, she's has to, it's skill and heart more than ability fighting it a, a, obviously a giant weight class up. And this is a tough one here. This is, should be a fun fight. All I will say is if you're betting, don't bet. Bet the rounds here. Over-unders two and a half. This is a five-round fight. This fight's going to a decision. So bet the over because you're not getting a finish. This is a big fight for both ladies, and I wrote the preview piece on this that you can catch at thezone.com forward slash news. I, I said the winner, the winner will remain, the winner gets back in the title picture and the loser is going to plummet in an ever-growing women's strawweight division led by Zhang Wale, the women's strawweight champion. I'm going with Angela Hill. She's bigger. She's stronger. I think she's the better boxer. I like Angela Hill here to win the fight. But you never can count out the karate hottie. Michelle Waterson has so much heart. But I really do feel like Daryl. Angela Hill is just need a signature win. The pressure is on Angela Hill here. Michelle Waterson's still gonna get big fights. Michelle Waterson's still gonna get big deals because she's the karate hottie, and people are going, people love her for her looks. More than her fighting skill, which I think is saying is she's a great fighter. Yeah. But I think this fight means more for Angela Hill than it does for Michelle Watterson. And I hate that I'm going to say this because we've been doing it too much lately, but I'm going to agree with you. Angela, I had uh, Angela Hill. The more I look at this fight, and mainly just because you look at Angela Hill's last fight against um, Godella, she won that fight. I remember we were doing a watch along oh, and. We were shocked. We don't know what judges, what the judges were watching or anything like that. I had to rewatch the fight and everything, and I'm like, how how did this? How does she not win this fight? And you have to believe she has a chip on her shoulder there, because coming off of a oh, loss, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And then coming off a loss like that, she's gonna want it. This fight is not gonna go to the ground. It's not it. Like you mentioned, hit the over on the rounds. I already have it. Already bet it. FanDuel Sportsbook, baby. Already have it on there. Angela Hill's going to win by decisions. And uh, okay. Okay. inserting herself back in the title picture. That's how we do it. She was a small favorite. The last one I did, the I hit the odds in the piece. My guys at betonline.ag had... Oh, Hill was like a minus 130. 
Watterson was like a plus. What did what did DraftKings Sportsbook have him at? Uh, FanDuel. FanDuel. Uh, what did FanDuel have? Looking it up right now. So FanDuel for tomorrow. FanDuel. They have it. You're watching. They have it backwards for some reason. Uh, they have Angela Hill Angela minus 124. Michelle Watterson as the underdog plus 106. Oh, a little money coming in on Michelle Watterson as we're getting closer. I wrote that piece on, I think, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Hmm. No, Tuesday. Tuesday. So money has come in on Michelle Watterson in the last few days. No, I remember when we did the watch long for the Overeem Harris card, and I thought Michelle, I thought Claudia Gadela won easily won the first round, and Angela Hill easily won the last two rounds. I don't know what the judges in Las Vegas are looking at, but it's going to be a fun fight. It's going to be an action fight. If you're expecting, if, you're, if you love grappling, you love wrestling, this fight is not for you. This fight should be fun, and I think the rating. Will be should be very very good for this. Let's see. And if that, if let's go with- if you want to be ballsy on a bet, I do have a bet for you here. You can bet this on the FanDuel sportsbook. Hey, FanDuel, advertising. Um, yeah. Michelle Watterson winning by KO or TKO at a plus eleven hundred. For whom, Michelle Watterson? For the Karate Hottie. Plus 1,100 to win by TKO or KO, which I believe would be the only way that she would win. I don't think she can win by points. If there's a way that Watterson wins, it'll be by KO. But Angela Hill has a strong jaw. Good luck. (laughs) If you want to be ballsy, go ahead. All right, let's, let's get the questions and the comments here. Oh, I hit the wrong button. My apologies, everybody. Richard McPhee. Steve, did you hear Bellator moved, or should I say demoted, to CBS Sports Network? I heard from a Bellator source budget cuts are coming, and Viacom is thinking of divesting themselves from MMA. Um, Yes, Bellator did announce, it came out yesterday, that their last show, last shows this weekend are on Paramount, and then starting on October first, they will be moving to CBS Sports Network. The whole entire shows will be aired on there. Prelims will be on there. CBSSports.com and the Bellator YouTube channel, and also simulcast on the zone. Um, in a way. I think we lost. Uh, I think this is a good. Hey, hey, there I am. There you are. There I am. I, um, you lost me for a second. Um, but yes, I, Paramount was looking to get away from from Bell and they want to focus more on the programming they have on there now and trying to grow. Trying to grill that, and um, I gotta put my computer so you can see my face. But um, 
it's a step down in terms of views. CBS Sports Network has around 50 million viewers. But in a way, I also think this helps Bellator because now you're on a sports-centric channel to where you're you're on Paramount when you were on Spike and it was mainly TV and was more or less on a TV channel. Now you're on an all-sports-centric channel where you should get more publicity, you should get more hype. And the fact you're going on Thursday, which I don't think is the worst thing in the world if you're Bellator here. Yeah, you're going to be competing with the NFL for about a quarter of the year. But if you put on compelling shows, you're going to get that sports audience to watch. It's not everyone watches football. I know people, it's hard people to understand that, but this is a good move for Bellator. More, but it's better a better move than people think. Um, and they're going on Thursdays, and I think that's a great move. Um, in terms of budget cuts are coming, I do know this. The Bellator Dune partnership, I hate saying life support, but we'll use life support. And they have a your deal, yes, but they can't, you can't, the zone can't get out after three years. And that's as much as I know. I know DAZN hasn't really been promoting the Bellator shows. They haven't been all exclusive. The first exclusive show from what I've been told will be in November. Because that's when the Featherweight Grand Prix is going to start back up. So there won't be a DAZN exclusive Bellator show until November. Is from what I am told and from what I've been able to gather from people. Um... I have not heard about Viacom getting divesting themselves from MMA. Viacom's really gone all in on combat. Showtime Boxing, Bellator, being about aligning Showtime and Bella in the Bacos and MMA shows together. They've really amped up the CBS sports combat portfolio. Done they're doing now a daily combat show on their YouTube channel. Which I heard is doing very well with Brian Campbell and Luke Thomas. I'm very good. I'm good friends with Brian, so I know and I checked it out. It's a pretty good show, and they're doing pretty well so far. They're not divesting. Our budget cuts come probably. The budget cuts are going all over the place. But in terms of divesting themselves, I have not heard that. I've only heard that they've really been investing in combat, and they have been. And they've been showing it. So I would be shocked at the latter, but at the in the former, I could definitely see that happening. Um, more from Richard. SmackDown was blob, but predictable, which equals stale. Predictable. I don't know how you view this, stale. I don't always view predictable as stale. Predictable, more often than not, can be stale. But that's kind of what we were saying earlier about the Reigns Uso program. If I already know what's coming, but you tell a great story to get me to the destined to. To the destination, I'll still watch because you told an intriguing and enough story for me to divest and watch the product. Are you in that agreement or are you in that Richard here? Is that predictable is always still? No, I agree with you. Predictable is good if you do it right. And the example that I can think of is WrestleMania 30. Daniel Bryan, as soon as he got into that match against Triple H, it became predictable that he was winning the title. Was it still a moment that you wanted to watch? Of course, because it was a very well-told story during 
that that time. Even though he wasn't, they had to change their minds after the Rumble, but whatever. It was, it's something like that. You know it's going to happen, but you still want to see how they get there. I don't, I don't think predictable is bad all the time. There are times where it's, you know, if it's done right, predictable is good, in my opinion. No, I agree with that 100%. All right. From Richard. Reigns and Heyman are gold, and further down the line, they have the intrigue of who Heyman will side with, Brock or Reigns. It'll be like a mega powers and form a stable WWE sitting on a gold mine. If Brock's on that's back, gonna be right? when talk about oh Brock's coming back. That's you can you can virtually stamp that with a guarantee. Even if he does do UFC, I think he'll still fight. He'll still go to WWE. Um it'd be intriguing to see what they do with that. And how they handle that. They have a made storyline there already. And we talked about this when Reigns turned. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I don't know which way they go. Maybe they turn Brock baby. Possibility. But I think it's an interesting thing that we have to we have to think about here. All right. Let's another comment. There we go. Can't get behind Uso. He deserves no push. He is a constant fuck up with the UI. That was my thing last week. And one of the main a home a point I really drove home because of the DUIs. And you know, I'm st- I stay I stayed behind it because I don't think he should. That's one of the reasons why I was against him getting this opportunity. It seems like WWE rewards bad behavior. Yeah. Like look at Jeff Hardy. How many does Jeff Hardy screw? Randy Orton, when Andy Orton was being immature and getting into trouble and doing drugs and testing positive for steroids and being part of a steroid distribution ring, and and they still kept pushing Randy. Randy still kept getting every opportunity. No one ever learns when you screw up. Okay, people make mistakes once. Okay, but when you keep getting arrested – it's like what it's like the whole inmates running the asylum type of situation. Maybe that's me, but that's I still feel very strongly about that. I agree with Richard's sentiment here. I don't I'm not saying he doesn't I can I can get behind I can get behind Jay Uso. But in talks of deserving this chance, I think Jay Uso needed to prove himself more A as singles and but more importantly as a human being. And show that he can legit stay out of trouble for a significant amount of time. And then get, hey, if he keeps his act clean, he keeps it together, stays out of trouble. Then, yeah, if you wanted to give him a title opportunity because he deserved it and kept himself out of trouble, sure. Why not? Um, More about Uso. A guy like Mustafa Ali getting buried deserves a spot like that, not James. Oh, the list, the list of people that deserve that spot over the Jays is long. You got Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, who's now finally getting a push. The list? I would even put Chinsuke Nakamura in that list. He deserves a bigger push than Jay Uso, but... Who do you put on the top of that list? 
of guys who deserve give me one guy. Cesaro. Okay. I'll go with Ali. I think I'll, I'll go with Cesaro just mainly because I'm just now starting to watch Ring of Honor when it was like when it was Claudio Castagnoli. And I'm like, man, WWE royally screwed up Cesaro. Oh, God, it's not even. Oh, royally screwed him up is ridiculous. All right, let's see. Zane is gold, but his own worst enemy gets heat on himself. Sami Zayn is not very well liked. That is not wrong. I hate saying that because I think Sami Zayn is great. But, yeah. I know they weren't happy with him leaving, even though they couldn't do nothing to him. Because he went home and stayed home for legit reasons because everything going on with COVID. Yeah. Which he had every right to stay home. He didn't want to get sick. And they kind of, I know some people there who were not very happy with the, his decision. They won't come out publicly and say it, but there were some people there that were not happy with Mr. Zane's uh, decision to stay home. Fall of Sheamus is such a tragedy. All those injuries impacted his push and career. What do you think of that, Daryl? I don't know if I agree with that, really. Sheamus was Sheamus was a product of a lack of depth in the roster, and I think he's a I think he's a great mid card character, great in the Intercontinental U.S. title picture. The injuries throughout his career, of course, he he had a bunch of neck injuries, he had you know shoulder injuries and stuff like that. But I never saw Sheamus as a top star at any point. Like in 2010, he in 2010 he came out the you know he came out on fire. Like his hair was on fire, but it's because of lack of opponents. Like it was always Randy Cena, Randy Cena, Randy Cena, Triple H, Triple H, Edge, Jericho. Like we we've already the same song and dance over and over again. He was fresh. He was a rookie. He had a good look. You know what? It ended up working. But after that, his character grew stale. He ended up coming back with a funky new look. And after that, Sheamus has never been the same. Like, I I would put him in an intercontinental title picture, and that's, hey, that's it. That's the last push you can get. After that, you turn into a veteran that's putting over talent. Can't, I don't disagree with anything you said there. Um, it's spin- it has spinal stenosis. I have spinal stenosis. It's not fun. And, you know, the work I know he put in, because I put it in the same work, it is, it's a daily struggle. I commend him for being able to get back into the ring. And it is a tragedy. Because it's another wrestling tale of neck injuries that have derailed what was looking like a pretty good career. And I can feel his pain in that essence. I wasn't making six to six, seven figures a year, but I can understand his plight in terms of injury. And the fact that he even has made it back to the ring is a testament to him. And I commend him for that. I like the tag. I like when he was doing tag teams, and I like the role he's in now. I think 
I think the ringer he comes out in is pretty damn funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think see. him and him and Cesaro were just fantastic stuff. They should have never gone away. The bar. We are the bar. That was great Thank stuff. That tag team was amazing. Morrison, another comment from Richard. Morrison, so much potential, but wasted. Leaving impact means w, the WWE money must be good. Because Morrison left WWE because of being misused and now back to more of the same. Is that wrong? Poor John Morrison. You look at this guy. Hell of a talent. Tries his hand at going to Hollywood. Just did some stunt work. Went to Impact. I thought he had a great run in Impact. I thought he was awesome in Lucha Underground. He would have been better served by going to AEW or staying in Impact. Because you can just... Man, he brought him back. He got paid a ton. And by ton, guys, I mean a ton to come back. And in one turn, you can't blame him for coming back for a ton. And I mean a ton of money. Get it? But, but, but Daryl, when is, when's enough in terms of money? You're starting to see more guys turn down the ton, the ton of money and decided to go apply their trade elsewhere. And there's three guys that have left that we have not, that are now all in AEW. One of them just showed up two days ago that could have taken more money, but he chose to, chose to leave. And turned on the contract and ended up getting getting released. Morrison's getting wasted here. I know he's him and Miz are like best buddies, but on one hand, I bet he's probably not. Hey, I'm taking less bumps. Yeah, I'm doing the job, but man, I'm getting paid a crack ton of money to do less work and get to team with one of my buddies. Maybe for now, that's creatively fulfilling. But to me, it's a waste of potential because this guy's got superstar written all over him. It's always it's always been a waste of potential. Everybody everybody thought at some point when John Mur like in twenty ten when Sheamus got that push, a lot of people back then thought that John Morrison served that push. It should have been his spot. Instead, he was fighting for like the intercontinent intercontinental title with Kofi Kingston, and they were putting on good matches left and right. They were doing their job, but they never could get that that push from the old man. It's like, hey, you're gonna be a superstar. We're gonna we're gonna ride with you. He went to Impact, became the the champ. He was a world champion. Went to Lucha Underground, killed it, became the world yeah. champion. Went to Triple A. Johnny, hmm? he was awesome in Triple A. Yeah, he was awesome in Triple A. Yeah, also in Lucha Underground too. What character was he in Lucha Underground? He was, um, he Johnny, was Johnny Mundo. Johnny Mundo, that's right. Johnny Mundo. He was awesome. Yeah. It, it, he, it's stuff like that. And you can, Lucha Underground, a lot of people gave it flack because it, it didn't last as long as it did. But that was four seasons of great stuff. Like, people tend to forget a lot of the characters. Ricochet was, um, I forgot his name. And I think you froze on here. Oh, Puma. 
Puma, King Puma. So, King Puma. Yeah, King Puma, and he was fantastic in that role. Absolutely. He was Mil Muertes, who is uh, who was El Macias in Triple A. Awesome, awesome character. Judas Priest in uh, TNA. Want to talk about misused character? That guy. <laughs> All <laughs> right, great. let's go. I like this one here. I could talk about Lucha Underground for days, man. Richard Otis will cash in in the in the WWE mentality be to give a competitive match and lose and hope to get the rub. And before we keep going, everyone, we could bring a lot of people coming in and out. Just leave questions and comments, guys. We're sitting here, and I always say, I don't care how many questions there are, we will read through them all. We will break them down. We will discuss them. Even if it's only for a short amount of time, we will get into every question. We will get into every comment. You guys take the time to watch. You take the time to listen. The least we can, me and Daryl can do is answer the questions and answer the comments. I got a feeling that's good. I feel like I agree with Richard here. And I hate, I don't want, not because it's you, Richard. I just, I hate the fact that I know WWE is going to do to Otis what happened to Sandow. I don't care about Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin buried himself in that situation. But Sandow was so over that people wanted him to win, and he lost. And that's the mentality they had. Oh, well, he's getting the rub. Steve, he's having a good match with Big Match John. It's like, it was the worst thing to happen to Damian Sandow. And after that, it was fell off a giant cliff. I feel like the same thing here is going to happen to Otis. He no? should have never. He should. I don't. I don't think he should have been in the whole match to begin with. You're gonna kill the poor character before it even gets started. Yeah, I. I like the character. I think the character's great. I just don't think going this way. I don't think that going the route they're going. Like I went wrong. I love looking at Mandy Rose. I think the way you pay this off, if you're not going to give him the title, is you have Mandy cost them. It's the only logical way you can go here, in my my honest opinion. Yeah. All right, let's get, let's get the next one, Richard. Rain stealing the pin and that heel fashion was nice. A very predictable building tension between cousins. I just don't care about this angle. I've seen this sentiment on Twitter, and I've seen this sentiment on Facebook. Richard, you're not – this is what I love about wrestling. That's why wrestling fans are the absolute greatest fans. Combat sports fans in general. Why the Combat sports fans are the greatest fans. I just don't want to single out wrestling. So I think there's awesome fans in MMA and there's awesome fans in boxing. I know people that didn't like this. I was a fan of it. Daryl, I know you were a fan of it. They made me a believer this week. I can I can get along on this train. And we talked about this earlier. Let's see how they do it next week. And let's see how they do it the following week. How they do the go-home show. Yep. So far... Two weeks in, I'm invested. Now you got to you got to get me to the finish line. 
Let's see, all right. <laughs> I knew this. <laughs> Been getting emails about this all day in DMs. I will. Okay, Richard, what do you think of Canelo suing Golden Boy and DAZN for breach of contract? Maybe you can't comment, Steve, with your affiliation with DAZN. Okay, before we get into the comment and the question, um, I've been getting inundated with emails, DMs on Twitter, IMs on Facebook, and text messages about this situation. Um, I will say I can't comment too much. Um, just because it is my employer getting, getting sued. Um, we haven't been given edict per se of not talking about it. It's been, but I'm going to keep my comments restricted. They haven't told us anything in terms of you can't say anything. It's more of my personal, personal choice. Is the one thing I do love about DAZN is the fact that they don't really put a filter on us, which is for better or for worse, but they trust us because we're professionals. And I, I think it's a very, it's a really bad situation. And the reason I say it's a bad situation is just because the biggest star in the sport right now Tomorrow is September 12th, and the biggest star in the sport is not fighting. That sucks. And it's Canelo's weekend. Just like Cinco de Mayo weekend. Canelo's weekend. This weekend is, you know, Daryl's Mexican Independence weekend. It means a lot to me because I'm Hispanic. I'm Mexican. The weekend means a lot to me. I, we celebrated the day. We celebrated with dinner. We had an awesome freaking Mexican dinner today. And it was me and my wife loved it. And as and you're Hispanic, it sucks. You know, I met your Puerto Rican. You get it. You know how big the weekend is for boxing. And that's how much I'll say about it. It sucks that Canelo's not fighting. The situation is. You know, we've all read it, and I just hope, I feel like everything will work out. Everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out, and we see Canelo fight by the end of the year, which I still think he will. The plan was always September, December. Okay, he's not going to fight in September. I feel confident he's going to fight in December. I think he'll face Callum Smith. That's me not knowing anything. I know an offer is on the table for that fight to happen. That's been widely reported. I'm not breaking no new ground there. But I will say, I hope he fights. I think he will fight. I think he will fight on his own. And I think he will fight Callum Smith. And we will find out who the best super middleweight in the world is. So for all... And I'll say this now, if you want to comment after this, 
that's perfectly fine. But for all the fans out there, and I've seen all the, and I, and I told this to you off air, I've seen all the comments. I've seen them all. I've read every email I've received. I've received a lot of DMs, a lot of IMs. Oh, the zone's failing. And I'll fall flat on their face. It's the end of the zone. Subscribers are dwindling. I just want people to remember. I just want people to remember. Since the pandemic, and this is not defending, this is stating pure fact. The Zone has aired two of the best fights since the pandemic has come back. The two best fights with Katie Taylor and Delphine Pursun and Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. Devin Haney will fight this year in a big fight. Povetkin White 2 is going to happen this year. The biggest global attraction in boxing is fighting on the zone in December. Ryan Garcia, quite arguably, could be the next Canelo Alvarez. The next Oscar De La Hoya is fighting Luke Campbell November the 14th. Yeah, you get Canelo. Golovkin's going to fight looking like November, December. Man, I don't think that's really... uh, I don't think that's a bad schedule, Daryl. You get Canelo fighting in December. That's not bad. So, and this isn't defending. This is just stating facts for everything that's out there. And this isn't being an apologist because we signed my paychecks. I will say when my employer is acting out of line. I don't know all the details. I'm not going to tell you all the details. If I know some, and that's a private conversation, and a conversation I'm not going to have. But I will say, just for everyone that says they're failing, look at the schedule. Look at the fights that are going to be made. You're going to, you're going to zones, I'm just letting you guys know. Boxings are going to be roaring. Look at the latter half of the year. October, November, December. Especially November, December. is It's going to be a stacked rest of the year. And I will leave it at that. If you got any comments on it, be my guest. But that is the, I'm not going to sit here and get into the lawsuit or nothing like that, but just those are my thoughts and my comments. Yeah, for the people that think that the zone is in trouble, I mean, your other option is you can go pay 75 bucks to watch the Charlotte Brothers next week or in the September 26th. <laughs> I will say that, absolutely. If you want to pay $74.99 for fights that don't make sense, with four headliners, or you can pay $19.99 a month or $100 a year, and you'll see Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Anthony Joshua, White Pivetkin 2, an undisputed women's alterweight title fight, and possibly, and you'll see Gennady Golovkin, and possibly Canelo Alvarez. Let's see, two of the biggest, the two biggest attractions in boxing, the future of possibly the future of boxing in Ryan Garcia, another guy that can be the future of boxing in Devin Haney, a thrilling rematch with Pavetkin and White. Man, I think Top Rank, Showtime would be, I think Top Rank, Showtime, ESPN, and PBC would be dying to have that schedule for the for the rest of the year. 
But that's just. Don't forget about one of the top heavyweights in uh, Anthony Joshua as well. Oh, my God. Wow, man. He fights on his own? <laughs> I'm kidding. That was a joke. Just trying to put some humor into the. All right. Let's go into Richard. The Charlo brothers are not top marking names like Tyson Fury to demand that type of money. You ain't not going to get a dis- disagreement from me on that one. Nope. All right. Let's, we'll end with this. Angela Hill's a hard worker, not the best fighter, but you can't teach heart. And Hill keeps getting better and fighting a murder, a murder, a murderer's row of contenders. Look at who Angela and I got Angela Hill's lineup here. Just to, dude, fucking Claudia, Claudia to get. She keeps fighting. Nina Ansaroff was a top contender. Ah, oh, Ronda Marcos always a tough out. Courtney Casey tough, tough out. Hannah Cyphers tough out. Claudia Gadela, former title challenger at 115 pounds. Angela Hill, you and that's the like the one thing about fighting that people don't understand. What you lack in skill, you can make up in heart. And Daryl, you've seen that a lot in boxing. We see it a yeah. lot in MMA. We, we see it in boxing and MMA on a weekly basis, a fight card basis, more or less. I love Angela Hill. Angela Hill's always been one of my favorites. And now she's finally getting, yeah, she's 12 minutes. Yeah, is it the sexiest record in the world? No. But she has something. She's the first African-American fighter in the UFC. That's pretty cool. Cool story just right there. And ESPN told a great story about that this week. If you guys haven't checked it out, go to ESPN, ESPN MMA's YouTube channel. Fantastic feature on Angela Hill. Definitely check that out. And it actually aired on Sports Center today. It was pretty cool. So make sure you guys definitely check that out. But Angela Hill sneaky, man. I'm telling you right now. That's gonna be it's a fun fight tomorrow night. I mean, event's gonna be some fun. I'm telling you guys right now. If you guys want to see action, tune in tomorrow. Because that's gonna be I don't think they're ever gonna go to the ground. They're gonna remain on their no. feet. So if you're looking for grappling. This fight is not for you. If you're looking for a banger, tomorrow night's a good night because you got UFC, you got some Bellator. I'm trying to remember what box. And you got Mean Machine coming back tomorrow night, top-ranked boxing, a lower-level card, but Mean Machine looking to bounce back from his loss to Terrence Crawford. It's a sneaky little good card. So I'm looking forward to it. That card's on ESPN+. Plus. You have, and also ESPN+, Plus will be the Michelle Watterson-Angela Hill fight. And then Bellator will be aired simulcast on Paramount Network and the Zone. A good headliner, Juan Archuleta against Patricky Mix. That's a solid fight. I think Juan Archuleta wins that fight. I think, but it's a sneaky good Bellator card, and that should be some fun. And it is that time. It is the end of the evening. We went and answered every comment. And every question, we just lived up to our word, and we always make sure we do that because we do appreciate you guys listening, following, and watching. Daryl, how can the fans find you, my friend? Since you have been gone for a minute, let the peeps know how they can find you. So you can follow me here on the on uh, Twitter at dywaybodyco21, and then on Instagram, Daryl17 Rivera, or the walkway to fight club, all lower club or lower caps than Facebook. I'm tagged somewhere around here. If you want to be my friend. <laughs> Man, 
That's it? That's all you got to do to be your friend? Wow. I wish I'd have known sure. that. Friendly guy. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at SMealhausenJR. You can find me on Instagram at SMealhausenMMA. I keep meaning to switch. I keep meaning to switch my Instagram to the same thing as my Twitter. And I just always forget. I'm not just like a big Instagram guy. I don't know why. I could never just in all honesty get into Instagram. It's not it's my not cup for of everybody. It's not for everybody. It's not. But you can find though if you're watching on YouTube tonight, you can just go all you gotta do, guys. It's simple. The walkway to fight club YouTube channel. Just subscribe. It's not hard. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Then when you're done, give it the old thumbs up. You want to give it a thumbs down? Let us know why. We're always looking for ways to improve. Or if you're not on YouTube right now, just go to YouTube, type in the walkway to Fight Club. Boom, boom. Ton of great stuff on there. We got The Miz. We got Chris Jericho. We got Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Dana White, um, Bill Goldberg, CM Punk. have a great interview I just did that's up there with actor Cassius Corrigan, who it's an amazing story. They took a film that was a very, very low-budget film called Huracan. Shopped it around all the festivals, all the major ones, and was was able, got a great, unbelievable review in the New York Times, which is, for books and movies, that is huge, especially for low-budget independent films. Got picked up by HBO and started premiering on HBO today. He gave me like tw- almost a half hour of great stuff. So definitely you guys check that. I'm going to have an article on it at the beginning of next week for Sporting News and zone. So but I wanted to get the video up, but an article will be up on it. I'll have that up at the beginning of next week. But a lot of cool stuff in the pipeline. I promise. I didn't. I am a man of my word. I'm gonna, I haven't even told Daryl yet. Daryl doesn't even know. With stuff that's just kind of come up on the pipeline here. So that's going to be coming up end of the month, beginning of November. We got some stuff coming up throughout the remaining months of the remaining month of September. Find a walkway to Fight Club. If you're watching on Facebook, it's simple. Give a reaction to the video. We got a lot of reactions tonight. So that's awesome. Thank you guys so much. I know it's Friday, but it's rainy. The weather sucks. You guys come in, you watch my handsome face and that kind of handsome face. I, however, you guys want to. Should, I, should I replay the intro? Because this you is a total down, 180. Dude, you turned on J-Lo. I did not turn on J-Lo. I was just it, saying I can't you, compare you, myself to J-Lo. No. When, and don't get me wrong. I know you. Kayla's going to be the future Mrs. Daryl Rivero. She better be. She better be. You do her right, by the way. Because if you don't, I'm going to kick your ass. Oh, damn. Because you are a good man. And she is a good woman who sticks by you. Behind a great man is in this saying, and I've learned this being together almost 12 years with Lynn and being married for almost six. Behind a great man is an even more fantastic woman. So, great. So, Kayla gets mad at me. You tell her what I said at the end of the podcast, but what I said at the beginning. But, man, there's only one, J Law. And you get a chance one night to ride the train. Chugga, chugga. I wouldn't mind her being the caboose. All I'm going to say about that. But watch on Facebook. It's simple. Leave your reaction to the video. Like it. 
like the Facebook page, follow the Facebook page, or just type in guys the walkway to Fight Club. Just go to like. Likes are starting to slowly go up. Greatly appreciate it. It does mean a lot. We got a Twitter that I'm gonna. We really got to work on at Walkway Fight. And like we were talking about Instagram earlier, Walkway to Fight Club. Look we will be there. There will be yes. There will be no podcast tomorrow. There will be one Monday. Maybe Sunday. I got to see what Daryl's schedule is for Sunday. I thought of something today that I thought was an anniversary is coming up, and I wanted to see if Daryl would be is intrigued by doing this. I think it would be pretty cool. But we will definitely be back on Monday night for Monday Night Raw. Same schedule. No Tuesday podcast this week because NXT and AEW will be on Wednesday. So we'll definitely be on Monday, Wednesday, next Friday. We're going over SmackDown and do a special Saturday podcast of the UFC show headlined by Tyron Woodley and Colby Covington. That is going to be a fantastic showdown. But for the handsomest man, not only in Puerto Rico, but all the land, D.Y. Daryl Rivera, this is Stephen Mielhausen. Peace. We're out of here.